everyone. I'm Tish Conlin here for another episode of Tish Talk. Today, I have a pure delight. I met an incredibly talented singer when I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, Lisa Eden, and I have to read her bio. She's a Grammy-winning soprano, has appeared nationally and internationally as a concert soloist and at recitals at the Kennedy Center, the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, the Cosmo Club, and others across uh, the U.S. and internationally. Share operate credits include Violetta in La Traviata, Leonora in Il Travatore, and many other very uh, famous operas. Um, after suffering a life-threatening brain-swelling injury induced by vaccines, she received as a college student in 1998, Lisa has long advocated against medical mandates, and she's a volunteer ambassador physicians for Physicians for Informed Consent, and since 2019 is a member of the Robert Kennedy Jr.'s Children's Health Defense. Impressive. And she's going to sing for us today. So what a treat. Stay to the end for this incredible voice. I heard it in Knoxville. Welcome, Lisa. How are you today? Hi, Tish. I'm doing great. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm really delighted to be able to share my story in depth oh. with oh. your audience. Oh, and I think they're going to just love it. And hopefully... Um, by some of your beautiful music because it's so so nice and I know you're based in New York but living as you were saying in Virginia right now uh, let's dive into uh, like we're going to talk about all of these mandates for singers and how not taking the jab has uh, affected your your career and your livelihood but first let's start with something so important your story about uh, the harm of a vaccine and how that affected your life and everything. Yeah. Well, 24 years ago in May of 1998, I was just getting ready to graduate from college and I was preparing to go abroad. I had done many mission trips abroad during my college tenure and I was going to the Thai Burma border area to work with Burmese refugees, specifically a group called the Burmese Women's Union. And I was going to be working with a nonprofit over there, an NGO, to look at this um, convention for the elimination of discrimination against women and how Burma had signed off on it, but how like in the refugee camps and everything, the, the lives of the women there were the furthest thing from, from following this like seed off, right? So we were gonna be documenting women's experiences and I was also gonna be helping out in the main office for the Burmese Women's Union and, and teaching English, things like that. And I was so excited. Um, you know, I was a very, very active student. I was just very like high, great uh, GPA, very active in a lot of different organizations, very like um, politically uh, involved and, and just really uh, busy, you know, super busy. And um, I maintained a, a really hectic schedule, that kind of thing, right? Super healthy, just up at the crack of dawn, up till late, you know, very busy person. So I stopped in the travel clinic to find out what vaccines did I need to get. And I have with me here, I, I'll show you the screenshot of my, um, my vaccine card. So back in the day, you got this yellow mm -hmm. card for your travel vaccines. And um, the next page, I think I have to do a new share. You can see 
that when I first enrolled at the University of Maryland, um, we had to do that in person at a registrar. It wasn't with a computer and all that, right? And when I showed up to register, they said, oh, do you have your MMR vaccine, your proof of MMR? And I said, uh, no, I didn't know anything about that. And she said, oh, here's this religious exemption form. You can just sign that and you can register. So they were so blase about it. No, it was no big deal. So I actually signed the religious exemption form, but I had in my mind, oh, as the, you know, the, the diligent person that I was, you know, I, I, my conscience, it was like on my conscience, like I better go get that MMR. Right. Oh yeah. Just a thing to do. Right. Like be organized. Yeah. Right. You can, do you want to keep sharing or do you want to go off? Yeah. 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 So you can see that I, well, I don't know. It, could you still see me on the side when I was sharing or could you only see the, the card? I can see you just that not your whole beautiful face. So oh, it's up to you if you want to keep going. You're well, driving. I can show it just to just to show the um, sure. the, the, the history there. Okay. Yeah, so you go see, I got the MMR. I was yes. the beautiful student when I got my MMR. And then she was questioning me like, so what, what vaccines did you get as a child? And I was like, well, my parents got me all the vaccines. I don't have the records, but they got me everything. Yeah. So she was telling me that there were certain vaccines that weren't on the schedule when I was a kid. And so she was like, you, you're going to need to get caught up. Oh as- no. Right. So, so as you can see, then for other trips that I went abroad for, like I said, I did mission trips in college through my church youth group and through the, the, there was a campus church ministry group that I was part of too. Anyway, so you can see that I got like a typhoid vaccine. Yeah. I got hepatitis A vaccine, hepatitis B. So here's where I want to draw your attention. So the hepatitis B vaccine is three shot series, right? So I got the, the first one and then a month later, the second one, and then you have basically a year to get your second, your third one. So I had returned to her for this trip abroad I was taking. And so she gave me the oral typhoid, oral polio, like oh. what in the world? And of course, at the time, I didn't know, just looking at this would look like Greek to me. I didn't know these yeah. things. It's Not just like, get it done. Yeah, it's all safe. Yeah. And why, why going to like Thailand? Why, 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 why these, yeah. right? And then that third in the Hep B series. Oh no. So I went home. And uh, I felt unwell <laughs> after the last of the hep one or all, all like got all those at the same time. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, and I think no. waiting, I remember waiting in the office between things. Cause she, I remember her kind of being like, you know, you're at the last minute here for your trip. And maybe even saying something like we typically wouldn't do all this. Like, and mm-hmm. she was holding me for observation. I remember being there for about an hour, honestly. Oh, and I was no. fine. I was fine. Right. But then when I went later that night, I had a massive migraine. Now I have gotten migraines since I was a little kid. And that probably goes back to vaccine injury as a child, right? I've had, I've had so I didn't really, I wasn't like alarmed, alarmed because I've had migraines before, mm-hmm. but I was concerned enough to email her and say, look, I have a fever. I have a migraine. You know, I feel really lousy. And she's like, that's normal. It's how right. it is. You know, just take Tylenol. Oh no, that's the worst. For a catastrophic reaction. And let me yes, Tylenol is the worst thing to do because your natural immune system is fighting. So I started popping Tylenols for the pain. Oh, I also was given um, doxycycline prescription to take as prophylaxis against malaria. 
Oh no. So, you know, once I started taking that, I took that like when I knew I was going to be going out to the jungle. So after a couple of weeks after I'd actually gotten the vaccines was when I started the, and it just accelerated yes. the, the complete unraveling of my whole immune system. So anyway, so let me just share here the or immune. Oh. So the oral polio vaccine that you saw on my um, card was the or immune. That's the oral polio vaccine. This comes from this website here. And this is the list of side effects or the safety insert, if you will, for that vaccine. And this would be, uh, don't take these audience. <laughs> I know. So this lists some side effects and it talks about how it's associated with a low instance of paralytic poliomyelitis. Oh, mm. I thought you were taking that to prevent polio, but mm -hmm. guess what? One of the side effects is you can actually get polio. Okay. Oh, no. And also individuals in close contact with recently inoculated vaccines, maybe they small risk of de developing paralytic poliomyelitis because polio virus can be shed. Oh, in wow. So yeah. All this talk of how shedding is a myth. It's not a myth. It's yeah, a they, phenomenon. Okay. So yeah. here's, you know, and they mentioned beyond beret and all those kinds of things. Okay. But let's look at the part that's most compelling for my situation. I think it's this slide here. Unbelievable. It's the biggest, the biggest fraud that people can't understand. I think um, medical fraud of all time. Yes. People so can't interactions. Here's where it gets interesting. However, concurrent administration of oral polio virus vaccine, sorry, with cholera vaccine, typhoid vaccine, or plague vaccine may be associated with significant adverse reactions and should be avoided. And, and they didn't. They just thought she gave me the oral polio and the oral typhoid. Oh no, unbelievable. Okay. Oh. So I'm bringing receipts. Like this is real. Vaccine injury is real. It's not rare. It's no. just rarely reported, right? Yes, that's well said, rarely reported, but very, very real. And now we see very it. Real. And you also saw that I had gotten my third in the hepatitis. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a study by uh, Dr. Schoenfeld, Dr. Yehuda Schoenfeld. He's one of the, he's a member of Physicians for Informed Consent. And this is a study that he did. Chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia following immunization with hepatitis B vaccine. Okay, now ultimately I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, mm -hmm. but the clinical term for that, the clinical diagnosis is myalgic encephalomyelitis. It is a brain swelling injury, okay? And so this study helps to connect the hepatitis B vaccine to the chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia piece of my diagnosis. Okay. And I'll just show you a little bit from the abstract there. And then I'm going to talk about myalgic encephalomyelitis just a little bit. Okay. Sure. Yeah, that's great. So not great for you, what you've gone through, but no, but like I said, it's like bringing receipts because it's real. What happened to me was real. It wasn't in my head. It wasn't psychosomatic and it was a documented 
vaccine reaction. Okay. That took me years and years to heal from. And, and a question I'll ask you later, and it's something many people have asked me is why do doctors consistently, even today in this era of COVID mania, why are they diagnosing real injuries and, and severe adverse events as anxiety is, is just, or, or, or writing it off altogether. We I mean, Fauci for that. In yeah. the and I'll, and I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Good. good. Talk about the, the fibromyalgia piece, the, the chronic fatigue syndrome piece. Okay. So the abstract here, um, it talks about how it's mostly women who are affected. Um, we know that certain vaccines affect more boys than girls. Other vaccines affect more girls than boys. The MMR seems to have a, a predilection for injuring African-American boys at the highest rate of any group. But we know that the DPT shot, the one that was pulled in the United States that's still given to poor third world country children, that that shot has a predilection for <coughs> girls. Okay. Like killing them, okay? Um, so this study suggests that in some cases, chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia can be temporally related to immunization as part of a ASIA syndrome, which is up here, the, um, oh, I can't remember the acronym. So oh, yeah, auto syndromes induced auto, by adjuvants. Autoimmune syndrome induced by adjuvants. Yeah. Adjuvants, okay. Adjuvants, right, yeah. The appearance of adverse event during immunization, the presence of autoimmune susceptibility and high titers of autoantibodies, all can be suggested as risk factors. Asia criteria were fulfilled in all patients, eluding the plausible link between Asia and CFS-FM. So mm -hmm. it's, it's associated in the literature. Right. I in fact experienced it. And one of the things it says that mean latency period from the last dose of the hepatitis B vaccine to onset of symptoms was 38.6 to 79.4 days. Right. Now, are you aware that they only they only studied safety for the hepatitis B vaccine for about five days? Uh, it doesn't surprise me at Four all. Five days. Yeah. So if it, your injury happened on day six, or in this case, day 36, right. or day 79, Point it six. Yeah. didn't exist, right? So yeah. my, my injury follows this like to a T, okay, to a T. So I'm gonna stop sharing for just a moment and we can chat. Okay, so I'm, I, I, I was having migraines, debilitating migraines, I'm taking the Tylenol. I go to Thailand and the day that I get there, I have the mother of all migraines. So this is probably, I don't know, a week or two weeks after I actually got the immunizations, okay? The, what year was this, just for the audience? 1998. 19, okay, we were right, okay, good. And, and I I literally, I it's like I passed out. I, I had a blackout migraine. And in, in addition with it, I think it was something to do with the altitude, like the travel, because that's a very right. little flight. Yes, and maybe some dehydration. And then I'm popping these Tylenols and like, you know, I'm just getting more and more toxic. Right. I'm just poisoning. Yes, myself. you are unwittingly, oh. unwittingly. And, um, and I mean, I just was, I was very alarmed, but again, my doctor is like, it's still normal. Right. And I'm ready to go to the jungle. So she's like, so start taking your doxycycline. And oh, that's no. when I'm taking the doxycycline. I'm in the kind of the border town where I'm going to be in for a little while before I go into the refugee camps. Right. 
And I start just having crazy symptoms, just upset stomach with the migraines and, and fevers and, and sore throat. My immune system is just really triggered, right? And I, I email her again and I said, look, I think I'm reacting to the antibiotics. Like I still don't know yeah. about vaccines, but I'm like, I think there's something happening. I'm not right. Like I'm definitely not okay. Like, and she was like, keep taking it because you're in a place where there's all these, you know, infectious diseases. Oh no. And literally the next morning when I took my antibiotic, I vomited within 10 minutes of taking it. And so I stopped. And then there was a guy there who um, happened to be a medic in the refugee camps. And he said, Lisa, they don't even, they don't even recommend this doxycycline here for prophylaxis of malaria. Like the mosquitoes are resistant. So it wasn't even good information. So this woman for like a horrible, horrible. Oh, and you can't even sue her. Like there's no way of. Well, uh, I mean, the damage was really done, but it was still unraveling. Do you know what I mean? Right. So the damage was done, but it was like, I was still getting sicker and sicker. And it would just, and it was like, kind of like with the COVID shots, this, this, um, the ADE, you know, it's like, whatever sliver of protection this, the vaccines might give someone, it's like, it made my immune system so turned up that I was getting sick. I was just chronically sick. And eventually it was like, I just got into this fatigue situation, chronically sick where I couldn't, I couldn't even feel well. So, you know, when you're feeling really sick with the flu and you're just like, oh, I can't deal with this anymore. And then maybe the next day or the next day you finally, it finally breaks and passes and you're feeling better and great. It's like, you're in a perpetual cycle of the flu and you oh. cannot get free from it. Oh, that's awful. I mean, yeah. it's and then, a good description. And then the pain part, there's a whole documentary um, called the, uh, some, oh, what is it called? Something about aluminum. Yeah. The, the truth about aluminum or something like that. There's a, there's a documentary about the aluminum. So you've got the aluminum. That they put the- in the shots that they put in as a, uh, yes, yeah. to trigger an, they say to trigger immune response, but now we know it crosses the blood brain barrier, like the mercury yes. is yes. not safe and stays there. Yes. So you have the microbiome damage. Okay. That was probably from those oral vaccines. And you have this extreme reaction to the adjuvants, which I believe is related to the hepatitis B vaccine. Right. The, with Heavy metal it, poisoning is what it, it had 12 and a half micrograms of mercury per dose. And I'm going to go ahead and share that screen with your oh audience. Oh my God. Yes. People need to understand these, these, that it's a, it's a big emperor's clothes thing here. It's causing far more harm than good. These, these uh, shots. I know you'll probably reference the studies. Now, there's been conclusive evidence that children who are uh, never take vaccines are uh, clearly, consistently healthier than kids who take the scheduled shots. So it's it's literally poisoning our children and and ourselves. The flu shot amongst them. All of these shots. Sorry, I don't see the one with the mark. Oh, your voice is trailing off for some reason. Can you turn up your volume? That's okay. We know. Oh, yeah, much better. Okay. I I don't know where it went. I had it in the the, the book of documents that I opened, but it doesn't matter. It's 12 and a half. 
It was the excipient list that showed. Yeah. Well, we have a pretty educated audience. They know. Yeah. List and it said 12.5 micrograms for the energics, which is the, the one that I got. Okay. Yes. So that combined with the aluminum, you know, I think was responsible for the unbelievable pain, unbelievable pain. Okay. So it comes down and I want to go into this because I don't think people can even understand the extreme discomfort, the extreme pain that I was in. It was, it was excruciating and it was unrelenting for years. Years. Okay. How many years did you have to endure this? So the, it, it, you know, because I stopped poisoning myself and I started waking up, it, it, it gradually was like dissipating, but I didn't have real relief until probably about four years in when I, when oh. I, yeah, when I read about, well, I heard a biodentist on Pacifica radio talking about the mercury in amalgams. And then he said the mercury in vaccines. Mm, you put it together. Right. And it was a thunderclap in my brain. Like, oh my God. Cause I always felt that the vaccine had something to do with it. And whenever I would mention it in my doctor's appointments, they'd always say, no, 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 no. And because of that, I didn't research. I, I went, yeah. I, I went in the wrong direction for right. you, you know? Uh, so yeah. I'm going to share, um, the, the thing that I have for myalgic encephalomyelitis. Okay. Well, while you're bringing up, I, I mean, one of the things I've been doing, you know, uh, you know, really now a lot of people are waking up to the harm of these shots and the lies around them and the, the corruption of big pharma. It's like, it should be, it's a, it's the biggest drug cartel, you know, it's really the big pharma drug cartel, but I've been teaching people about detox, you know, detoxing from what's in them and the heavy metal detoxes that we all can do that help us take some of this crap out of our bodies. Yes. So I just want to point out here that it says that um, chronic fatigue syndrome is more debilitating than many chronic diseases, including multiple sclerosis, chronic renal failure, congestive heart failure, lung cancer, stroke, and type two diabetes. It's one of the most prevalent diseases in this country that you've never heard of. Wow. And do, in your opinion now with, with what you've learned, could you say uh, honestly that you think that a lot of the cases are directly linked to the shot? Any I the absolutely shots? do. I absolutely yeah, do. me too. I believe the recovery that. rates are at about 5%. So That's I all. count myself extremely lucky that I, well, I believe it was partly my faith in God, right? I mean, I just constantly was praying and checking in and asking for guidance and assistance and mm-hmm. listening to it and, and, t- and not taking for granted the, the um, serendipitous things that would happen on my journey and the angels that were in my path. My chiropractor that I went to, when I, I didn't even know about alternative health, really. When, I, when right. I came back and I was going back to the travel clinic, I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker because she was just giving me you know, more, more toxic more shots, drugs. Exactly. So, um, so basically it all came to a head. I, I, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit. So you can see here that the illness affects up to two and a half million Americans wow. and up to 24 million people worldwide. So it's a very big global health crisis. Mostly that- women. And the shocking thing here is that only 5% get relief like you went through four years of hell and yet six years really I would say six years 
and, I, and to this day, I still have, I still have issues like my skin, like I, I still have issues that are related to that injury. My immune wow. system, it, it, because vaccines permanently alter your immune system, you cannot undo what has been done. Okay. So there is the heavy metal piece. There are things that you can detox from, but the essentially the way that it alters your immune function, you, you can't get it back. Do you know what wow. I mean? So That's sad. Everyone yeah. is just don't, or if you really, if just do your research, really do your research. And, and cause a lot of times, nine times out of 10, you're going to find that the risk is you're not really at risk. No, carrying you into thinking you're at risk for something you're not at risk for. And well, again, I never make that decision for somebody else. Everyone has that right to choose for their own body. But I just know from what I've learned, the 24 years of advocacy, that it's not worth it. No, the injury, agree. Oh. The, the Russian roulette that you're playing, it's not worth it. I would well, never wish this on my worst enemy. It was a horrible experience. And it all came to a head this one day while I'm in Thailand, I'd come back from the refugee camps. I was back in the like border town and I woke up this one morning. I'd already, I was already in chronic pain, having some of the chronic fatigue issues, the chronic migraines. I was pretty much like in a supine position most of the day. I couldn't really tolerate standing. Oh. I was still sort of in denial, push, push, push through, push through, push through. I'm here to do a job. I got to get it done, whatever. And I woke up this morning and my body said, no, my body said, no, wow. no way, no more. You're done, you know? And I woke up just like shaking, like trembling, just like a tremor, a tremble, a trembling. That's also one of the symptoms. If you read about myalgic encephalomyelitis, right? Just this tremor, trembling, you kind of see people um, with these COVID reactions when they're like, uh, you know, yes, I couldn't really talk very easily or even breathe because it was just affecting my core, the, this tremor, this trembling, I wouldn't say it was a seizure, but it was a, a trembling, a shaking. And, um, and I, and I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'm having a panic attack, you know? Right. But then I just had this knowing inside of me, but you're perfectly calm. Like you just woke up. Yeah. Good. And, but it's still, I still lay there in the room for a few hours. And then one of the women that I was working with, she came in and she's kind of like, what, what's going on? Like you did, you're not out of bed. Like, and she's like, uh, you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Like, you know, and took me to the hospital and, um, it took a few days to, to, for my condition to stabilize and thank God it did. Cause I don't know, was I on the, was I on the precipice of, you know, being one of these pe people that has like epilepsy or chronic seizures, or I, I don't know, but right. able to kind of stabilize that. But the other piece of it was that I was terribly constipated, right? Because of all the poisoning. Yes. So once they got that going again and got me stabilized, you know, they kind of, they were like, yeah, go home. But the doctor who was treating me, he was Cambridge trained. So he was Thai, but he was like mm -hmm. beautiful English, like perfect British English. And he said, you know, I can't find what's wrong. I can't because they're, I mean, a place where they can test you for every known infectious disease, right? Mm -hmm. You know, dysentery, uh, malaria. I was negative for all these things. I didn't have any of these things, but he knew there was something wrong with me because he saw me when I came in, you know? Yes. 
Right. He couldn't, he couldn't deny it and say it was anxiety. Diagnose it. And he said, I really, I think you need to go home. I think you need to go home and you need to go and, and get a full panel. You know, he said, said, I think you should get endoscopy. I think there's a lot of things. And I I just go home and do it, you know? And so I still, it took me like, honestly, another couple of weeks before I went home because I'm a Taurus, I'm very stubborn. Yeah. I have a commitment to these people. Yeah. Yeah. I literally could not function. I couldn't function. And yeah, so I ended up going home and then that's when everything, the journey just, I thought I would go home and rest. But the thing about chronic fatigue is this, this symptom called post-exertional malaise. And it's almost like a vicious thing. The more you do, the more it knocks you on your ass. Oh no. And for a high energy person like you, who's a go-getter, it would be the worst. You push through it. Oh, I can push through it. And then it's worse than ever. Exactly. Oh my god. That's a nightmare. I'm the same as you. I would just I wouldn't be able to stand that all. I feel so I just my heart goes out to you and everyone who suffered from this. This is just one of the many serious adverse reactions from all of these injections. I can't even call them vaccines anymore. It's it is I the word is hard to get out. Terrible. So you had years of pain. Yes. And I just want to reemphasize that it's a neurological injury. Mm-hmm. It's neurological. So you have all these body symptoms, but it's autonomic nervous system. It's nervous system issues. It's, it's from the, the material in these vaccines, which they say, Oh, it stays in your arm. Oh no. They cross the blood brain barrier and they cause tremendous inflammation in the brain. And you don't know where that inflammation is going to end up and in what part of your body or your, you know, your neurological responses are going to be affected. You don't know that, right? It's like, it's again, it's this Russian roulette. It's just taking risks that you have no idea of the outcome. Yes. And And, uh, I, I love this story. I have to say it's a perfect opportunity. When I was listening to Robert Kennedy Jr. Speak at the conference, you know, how did he get into fighting um, against this cartel, this vaccine industry? And, you know, he lost so much, his family turned against him. He had so many stories because people have been indoctrinated, safe and effective, get your vaccine. It's good for you. You know, if you don't get it, you're, you could harm someone else. All, all lies. lies. He said women used to come when he was fighting against uh, big agriculture uh, like um, dumping mercury into the waters and was getting into fish and, you know, and they would listen to him and say, fight. My, my son was vaccine injured. My daughter was. And he talked to a high level official who said, well, we recommend against women who are pregnant eating uh, tuna because of the mercury levels, but we vaccines are fine because we did a study with animals. We did what it was at macaws that they, they took them like 90 days to detoxify from the mercury and tuna. And there was no issue with the, any of the vaccines. Well, he pushed further. And then when they did an autopsy on that same animal, the reason why the mercury didn't come out of their bodies because it crossed the blood brain barrier and stayed there for the rest of their lives, causing massive damage and tumors. And they yeah. just didn't mention that. They didn't yeah. know that. They didn't test for that. They didn't look into that. Very and, careless. And you can't know about something that you don't look for. Exactly. Plausible deniability that they live off of. I mean, that's Fauci to a T. So the, yes. the, the piece with myalgic encephalomyelitis, so that's the clinical term. And had I even just known that, I think that would have shifted my awareness 
about the, the disorder, but it was diagnosed. My doctor called it chronic fatigue syndrome, right? And that is Fauci. He knows, they know these uh, neurological harms from these vaccines and they rebrand these things, long haul COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Chronic fatigue. And, and there's a whole list of the names. If you look at the book Profiles for the Vaccine Injured, which is the book that um, CHD published um, that features my story. Um, I think I, let me see if it's up here. So a lot of people say this to me, like they, when they're, you know, they're arguing or they don't like what I'm doing. They say like COVID is real. And I know someone who has long haul COVID. Um, and then I, you know, I say, how many shots did they get? Um, you know, and, and they're like, well, that's not relevant. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. So this is the book that features my story and, and multiple others. I'm not making any money off of this book or anything. I just want to raise people's awareness and educate them. There's, yes. there's a, I believe there's a, um, person who was COVID shot injured in this book as well, but it's, it's different ages so that people can really see the scope of this thing, that it can affect anyone at any time, any shot. You just never know. Okay. It's and true. I personally believe that there's micro injury from every shot that you get. I do too now. You kind of reach that tipping point into mm -hmm. autoimmunity. It's just sort of off your radar because there were signs. And if you read my story in the book, there were signs all along that I was not someone who should be getting more vaccines. Um, oh, okay. I was gonna say in the book, there's this whole list of the sort of derogatory names that they have for chronic fatigue syndrome. So that when you go to your doctor um, with this set of symptoms, this syndrome, they, they think it's psychosomatic. Yes. They literally, they literally will treat you like you're crazy. And that's that what I had to battle that when I came back home unwitting. I had no idea. Right. <laughs> something taboo or you know if I said this happened after my shots and people would be like no it didn't no it didn't mm -hmm. I mean I had no idea that I was crossing into this terrain um right well the word anti I mean I've studied the um I've been studying the use of language with what I call these psychopaths who you know, have these really evil intentions for people and it's true it's not a it's not a conspiracy theory. It's, it's an actual fact, but they use language brilliantly and they do use social engineering over peer very patiently over decades. And in our conscience and subconscious minds, we have a real aversion to the word anti. So if they want to make you not like someone, they just throw the anti in from anti-vaxxer, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, I don't want to be associated with a person who says anything negative about a, a vaccine. It's like vaccines, hooray. Hey, okay, how many so we get. <laughs> I, I thank you so much for bringing this up because at the end of the day, I'm not anti-vaccine. I could care less if somebody else makes that choice. I just believe in informed consent, which I was denied. My doctor didn't tell me that that those were possible reactions no. that and I could end up with a debilitating disease far worse than anything I was being vaccinated for. Yes, she never told me that. Right. So I'm all about pro health freedom. And like you said, this anti, it's very deliberate. So the people will just look at it in these polarities of pro and against. And that's not what the health freedom movement is about. It's right. about the freedom of choice. And so they don't want you to know because freedom of choice, who's, who would, who would be against that? Exactly. Choice, right? and, and, so they don't yeah. want people to really know what's at stake. 
because no. I'm like, I'm like, you can't, if somebody, if somebody starts talking about anti-vax, I know they're not awake at all. You know what I mean? No, they're I'm, not. And, and I'll tell you, we don't use this term in the movement. I mean, certainly we know it because we're getting labeled it all the time. Yeah. Anti-everything. Yeah. Right. But it's like the, the, what we're for is informed consent in right. medical yeah. procedures, meaning the right to accept or refuse any medical intervention yes. without coercion or intimidation. That is what informed consent means. And they yes. have violated every rule of informed consent with these COVID shots and the rollout and deny people like me yes. our employment, et cetera. And I wanted to mention to you, because I know this is, you know, obviously now you're an ambassador working in this field. I have had success talking to people who label me an anti-vaxxer when I simply turn it around, say it's nothing to do about pro or anti. It's a drug safety issue. And I said they pulled other unsafe drugs off the market. This one is unsafe and the data is clear. And I said, and I could tell, then I tell a story that links them emotionally because I've noticed with a certain level of indoctrination that even facts don't get through. But when you can link it to an emotional story, like I, with my own, uh, you know, I, I listened to that heartache story of this happening to a person. So I know. And then something that gets to their heart along with the drug safety. And some people have gone, oh, you know, not a lot, but more than, you know, so I get, I'm trying to get off it because we all want drug safety in our world. Everyone cares about safe drugs for their children. Right. So, and we know no one, no one there, everyone who took these jabs, took these injections. I don't even call them vaccines, right? No, they're anyone not. Anyone who took these, these injections was denied informed consent. Absolutely. Safety insert is completely blank. No one knows what's in them. So no one can possibly know what the the outcomes are, the health outcomes are. I mean, you can see in the Pfizer data dump, you can see the pages, the nine pages or whatever reactions. They're basically just covering their butts by putting everything but the kitchen sink in there. Um, I'm not saying that those things aren't real or that they wouldn't couldn't possibly happen but i'm just saying like that's they're just covering every base they could possibly cover well and they had to be sued to even release that which is exactly. very disturbing for 75 years or whatever yeah so, so i just think no one has been no one has gotten true informed consent so while um you know, I don't, I don't like it when people say derogatory things about me for my stance or whatever. I also just, I, yeah. give, I, I just, I, I give them grace because they just don't know. They exactly. literally don't know until it happens to you. People really don't know. I hope someone would hear my story and be like, wow, she's very articulate, mm-hmm. you know, authentic. This seems like a, like a, a, a real um, heartbreaking story. I mean, it, it set me off on the wrong path in so many ways in my life, it set my career back you know, and then, and then come up with the COVID restrictions. It's like my life, my career have been derailed twice now by stupid vaccines. Oh, like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like if I never heard the word vaccine again, you know, (laughs) it's like, you can't imagine for someone who has PTSD around almost dying from these shots, right? To hear that word over and over again, every single day, not to mention them you know, escalating the, the threats yeah. of you won't be able to work. You won't be able to go to the store. You won't be able, it's yes. like my worst 
possible nightmare is that someone would force me to take a vaccine again. Yes. Oh my goodness. On, on earth. Right. And I think think to myself, like if I told somebody I was deathly allergic to penicillin, would it make any sense for them to force me to take it? Would it make any sense for them to force me to take it to keep my job? Absolutely right? not. No, it's it's unconscionable. Like, it's so yeah. unethical. What like, going you got to eat them anyway. You got to eat them anyway. It's like yeah, it's horrible. Well, yeah. let I mean, a lot of people probably want to know, uh, even to the degree that you've been able to heal yourself. Can you just can you talk about? I mean, like the intense suffering you went through is heartbreaking. Yes. And, but it's changed you, right? I mean, there always are gifts, if you can say that. And now you're, yeah. you're, you, you didn't take the COVID shot, which is probably the most deadly and unsafe injection ever created. Uh, and, you know, um, and the time will tell the, the ultimate damage I know died suddenly was just released, That's which powerful. is so tragic. Um, and why are they not pulled yet is, is unconscionable. Um, but Tell people about your healing journey, because how did you get to the point where you are today so, that function yes, so well? I'm so happy to share that. Yes. So when I got back home and I went in, and it was like dead ends, dead ends, dead ends, because, you know, they were just wanting to put me on stronger and stronger antibiotics for the gut dysbiosis issues and things that were just going to you know make me worse and giving me like muscle relaxants for the pain. And that literally would make me all rigid again. And like, tremory. So I was like, there's, there's something wrong. Like this, this is not right. And I, I fasted for about three days because everything I ate at this point caused such extreme dysbiosis and caused me such pain. I just fasted for several days and I prayed and I meditated and I started to receive the answers. And I uh, was going to an acupuncturist that my dad recommended. I just go to for some pain relief. And she then recommended that I go see a chiropractor. And I just kept following kind Alternative of health ways that were opening up to me, yeah. gentle people that like, like one of the doctors I went to, who was a gastroenterologist, he said, you pretty much get what you deserve for going to a shithole country like Thailand. Oh my, that's Some so people just horrible. aren't made for travel, sweetie. That's literally what he told me. Mainstream doctor said, yeah. Oh, yeah. awful. And I even went to a psychiatrist because of all the, the, you know, the veiled kind of like, you're, you're not, there's nothing, we can't find anything wrong with you. You're crazy. Yeah, like you're crazy. The underlining messages. Yeah. You're just crazy. Yeah. 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 So I went to a psychiatrist and one of the days that I was there to see her, uh, my pain was like, she said, what on a scale of one to 10, how's your pain? Cause I'm like, look, I didn't want to cancel. Cause I didn't want to have to pay for a missed appointment. I was like, but I'm in so much pain today. And she's on a scale of one to 10. I said, it's an 11. Okay. Aww. I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand. I was just like, uh, in my own skin, just in so much pain. And she said, look, there's nothing emotionally wrong. There's something physically wrong. And she, she said, got it right. <laughs> yes. She said, what you need to do is you need to take people with you when you go to the doctor and you just can't take no for an answer. And I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging but you have to go and go and go until you get answers and oh. just be dismissive of you. You're young, you're cute, whatever. They're, they're not going to take you seriously. So you need to have a, a, either a parent or like, you know, a, a good friend, somebody with you. It was great advice. And that and is good advice. What a con that's, that actually is. It was a total kindness. And it also helped me start shifting my consciousness. The chiropractor I was going to, you know, she didn't really, she didn't really put the pieces together so much with the vaccine and the, 
and the toxins, but she was putting me on nutraceuticals and she was, she hired me to work in her office because I couldn't do anything really. And she would let me nap. She would adjust me like every day. Oh my God. She was an angel. That's wonderful. I'm so happy. He was mainly focused on trying to get me to give up being vegan. Okay. Not to mention that's another, that was another piece of my injury was that I was vegan and I'm, I shouldn't be vegan. I think there are some people that can tolerate that. Yes. But I'm a type O blood. Yeah. You need meat. And I need to eat meat, right? Like my body's type, my blood type. I mean, and it took her a whole year of like putting these books in front of me and being like, well, Mm -hmm. gentle, gentle, so gentle. Oh, that's nice. Wow. These people. And I finally, you know, and my, and that started to accelerate my healing, right. Was eating animal fats and animal protein again. Okay. Get the right type of iron probably. Yeah. And then like I, and, and I was doing, you, you name it. I basically tried it. And, um, I went to another guy who diagnosed me with some, you know, candida and intestinal fungal infections. And, you know, I worked with him for a while and, you know, I'd always get like a little bit more, a little bit more, but because we hadn't under addressed the underlying heavy metal toxicity. Yes. I wasn't getting big gains. Right. right. So when I heard that doctor, that dentist on Pacifica that I mentioned earlier, yes. Um, yes. Dr. Mark McClure, he is with a group called National Integrative Health Associates based in DC. That was what changed everything. Wow, great. In vaccines. Like, like I said, it was like a thunderclap in my head. And I just knew that I knew the deepest knowing. And it was like, you know. Yeah. And what did he do? Like, I'm so interested. Like, what was the protocol to take out those? And he said, this is what we're going to do. And they safely removed my mouth. I only had like two. It's not like I had a lot. Okay. Um, And then he said, we're going to put you on this detox protocol. And the protocol was um, a little bit harsh. I'm not going to lie. And and I don't know that people would wait today, but I don't know it given, given the results, I probably would still do it (laughs) even though it made me really sick. Um, I was doing the, the chelation, like um, I've heard that the IV. The, yeah. I guess it was like, uh, maybe EDTA DMPS. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. exactly. Right. Chelation is yes. But it was the IV chelation, but I was mm-hmm. also getting these injections, I think like EDTA or something when I would go into the office and people really frown on those today. Um, but they would do those. And then I would do like a urine test and mm-hmm. then they could see, you know, my mercury when they did that was like off the paper. It but it too- went down over time. Over time. And the lead also was high. And he said that was probably maternal for my mom. And those synergistically are really bad. I don't know if you've seen any of these videos. Sometimes they'll show like aluminum and mercury and they're just like. Yeah, like, I've so- seen a lot. Yeah. Reactions. Yeah. yeah. So I did, I did that. It was about six months I could tolerate because it would, it would make me so sick. Um, but did you notice a big increase in your energy once? Not, you no, no, because it was oh. like I would go in every week. No, but or, after, afterwards. So I finally just because they were also giving me chlorella, and I just have to say yeah. it was bad for me. And Dr. Mercola talks about how about thirty percent of the population is intolerant to to it. And oh, my really, because I love chlorella. I mean, I recommend it in my detox, and also cilantro is one of the best for binding. Right. So they were giving me the chlorella as a binder and it was literally making me throw up. So, and I had so much, and even with the naturopath, like it's just sometimes people, when a protocol doesn't work for you, they don't 
they they fault you. And it can happen yeah, even yeah. with the natural people, right? Because the natural yeah. path NIHA and I went back to him saying like, you really have to modify this because I cannot tolerate the chlorella. And it was later that I saw Mercola say only about like about 30% of the population can't tolerate it. Well, that's a really good point you made. And I wanted to reinforce that for people because, you know, I have, you know, kind of taken over this new role because of how my life's changed with all this in this detox clinic. And I go around teaching people, but it's so important to listen to your body. What we're learning in health sovereignty and sovereign nations, don't give everything away to the so-called experts. Listen to yourself and your own body. Everybody's different. So you've you've just reinforced that with your journey. So good job. <laughs> That's perfectly said. Perfectly said. Yeah. And um, I did the the IVs. I was doing. I started just taking um, charcoal and activated charcoal. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, this chlorella stuff is not working for me. Did but you take C sixty? C sixty? Did you use? I don't that? remember that. I don't remember that. Mm-mm. Okay. And I just, but I was having like diarrhea and I was just like having migraines. I mean, it was because it's because you, if you picture like somebody who's a drug addict who goes through a detox, what happens? They're, they're detoxing it out of their skin with their sweat. They're having diarrhea. They're, you know, you feel mm, that's sick. good. Yeah. It's getting out. Yeah, but I felt that. And now I know that in, in other protocols, people do it slower, a little more gentler, but about six months of this was all I could take. And I just stepped away from it. But then what I noticed was about a month two months go by and my body had the margins that it needed to get well. Oh, what a beautiful story. I'm so pleased, Lisa. Oh, thank and I just, God for that. Oh, I know that I took away from that, from that clinic. Um, I learned about colonics and that was also a big piece. Um, colon, colon cleansing, right? Like colon hydrotherapy and not, not to be, I mean, pe- some people do the enemas and the coffee enemas. And, and even to this day, I'll do those occasionally, but I, I still will do a colonic maybe once or twice a year. Um, but then I was, I relied on them. I would take, I would do them about once a month. And I did that for several, several years. It was like, you know, to stay healthy, to stay well. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Have you looked into zeolites just by the way? I'm so I'll talk to you after could go through a few things. I just can't feel like, oh, she tried that as she tried that to get you to 100%. Would you say you're like 95 now? Oh, I I would say like 97. I mean, oh, yeah, right. But our skin is like our biggest detox organ. And I, I visited with um, Sally Fallon. She invited me to her farm. She's the West. Oh, Native. I know her. Yes. Yes. And, um, and her husband is like a medical intuitive and he just kind of grabbed my hand when I was there and he just said, you're, you're um, anemic. And I think you need more iron. And I think you might be iodine deficient. And I think he can oh. see in this, in the skin issues. Cause I was wearing yeah. like a top, you know what I mean? And yeah. so I think that's probably accurate. And so I know there's, there's look, the lifestyle because we're bombarded yeah. with toxins oh in our- my god are we ever no matter how clean we think we are or that we try to be it's unavoidable so yeah i'm always looking for optimal wellness and i mean oh well that is an unbelievable story and thank you for sharing powerful like the the pain that you endured how you were ignored by the mainstream medical and your journey 
through healing and with faith as well. And here you are today. Now you have been doing work speaking um, on behalf of Children's Health Defense. Did you want to highlight some of your work before well, we, we close with your song Because uh, or anything else you want to mention to people who might be struggling as well, um, be ignored when they've taken the COVID shot. I'm, I'm dealing with countless people who uh, know someone who died suddenly, who died, who's got cancer now, or unbelievable um, immune compromise. I mean, it's very disturbing, but I'm learning that we can take back a large portion of our health. And these, these, um, these simple things have been kept from people, simple protocols that can help to detoxify. So, And detoxification, even if you haven't taken a shot, the poison is there in the air, in the soil, glyphosate with some of the things they're spraying now through geoengineering. It's in the food. We've got graphene oxide everywhere. It's all, and, and plus the heavy metals we're all exposed to. So everybody needs a detox protocol. Yes. Yep. I do. I have, I have tried zeolite by the way. I do have zeolite spray. Okay. Was yeah. it, did it work at all? Or do you haven't noticed maybe a, I didn't notice it so much. I didn't notice it so much, but, okay. but I did notice it working with my dad. I was giving it to my dad and I noticed some pretty significant changes with him. So oh, with I, this Parkinson. Yeah. Oh, good. And okay, great. Well, Excellent. Mm -hmm. So your work with Children's Health Defense, tell us what you're doing. And obviously, tell us about what's happened. I guess we missed that. We're, we're, we're talking so long. We missed this whole this whole second chapter where having yeah. gone through this hell, then yeah. you're this professional singer, your passion. And then that squash because of these ma mandates where you there's just no way you're going to take this shot after what you've been through. No way. And your career has been absolutely ripped apart for now. You are going to be more successful than ever. I'm sure of it down the road. But for now, tell us a little bit about that. I have a totally picky dish. Oh, your, your volume has gone down. Sorry mm -hmm. about that. There we I go. I have a totally different idea about what success is anyways. I mean, I yeah, don't need the affirmation of, you know, <laughs> of the, of the, I don't know, the usual suspects to, to, yeah. to say that I've made it or I'm doing well. Yeah. Whatever, I know artist. what you mean. I've done the same journey. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm in a state of transition right now, a flux of trying to figure out how to use my artistry to, and I think this is part of it, doing a, doing a talk like this, you know, um, doing, I did a, a presentation an interview with Mary Holland for their Good Morning CHD program. You can go to Good Morning CHD and you can find it there. We called it COVID theater and I've gathered other like-minded artists and it's incredible to, to meet people who have this issue in common. And that's given me a, that feeling of solidarity has really helped me through some of the darker times with this, with this lack of employment. Um, but I'm not really concerned, honestly, because I've been sort of giving my all to taking care of my dad. He has Parkinson's. You can follow. I have an Instagram page that I curate. It's called Project Parkinson's. That's my handle. And I talk about the things that we're doing. I, I, he's totally holistic in the way that he's treated his disease. And I feel like a lot of people could benefit and learn. Oh, from what him. is that again? I'm going to follow you, Project. Project Parkinson's. And my Instagram for my personal Instagram uh, it's also public. It's called Vocal Lisa with two L's, Vocal Lisa. Okay. Anywhere else people can follow you or get your my music? Website, yeah. My website, lisaeden.com. E-D-E-N? Yes, like Garden of Eden. Oh, nice. And yeah, that's my family name. <laughs> it's not a stage name. It's my real name. 
Um, yeah, so I, I, what I'm trying to do right now is just find other like-minded artists so that we can start performing together, mm-hmm. creating, creating new opportunities, changing the paradigm. Cause I don't necessarily want to be part of, I mean, even if I were to get a job right now, I, I feel like the testing and just, you know, like the scarlet letter, like, I, you know, I don't, I don't. Yes, I understand. You know, I I did I did a production of La Traviata with a, a small regional company. They were great. They didn't make it an issue. We just signed contracts um, that said that we were performing during a pandemic and that we released liability. You know what I mean? We're singing at our own risk. And I think that's what they sh- every place should have done. So yes. that's the cabal in all of this. That every single every single opera company in lockstep all decided to like mandate these shots with exemptions with no accommodations it does it defies it does it's statistically that just doesn't seem probable right yeah and 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 And, and liability waivers like one i i went to a wedding early in the pandemic and they made everybody sign it and i'm like that's easy enough if you're here you're taking a risk or whatever and you're you're fine with it yeah like that's an, a way they could have dealt with it and then you have the people that really are afraid staying home instead of the perfectly healthy people who have yes. no fear and want to engage in civic life and do everything that they always did able to continue right well th- this is something i've noticed and it's it's international is that it tends that artists um a lot of artists you know you got whether musicians or actors they tend to really glom towards the narrative and whether a lot of them were paid, some of them were paid, uh, comedians I know were paid. Um, Mike Adams went through how they carefully, um, you know, uh, uh, promoted these through uh, money to artists. But it just seemed a lot of them were really indoctrinated. Get your shot, get your shot. And they never questioned. And they used to be like the ones singing about freedom. It was so hypocritical. You know, here we have I Neil Young in Canada. He I know was like true. fighting with Joe Rogan. I know. Um, crazy. I think it's, I think it's part of predatory grooming, all of it. It is very predatory. Culture is sort of, it's sort of a grooming process, right? Like you're not allowed to think a certain way or you're going to lose everything. You know, you're not allowed to speak out. What is, what is a, what is a pedophile tell, tell a child? You can't tell anyone this, this is a secret or Mm -hmm. I will hurt you or I will hurt someone else. Like these are the same tactics. You can't talk about this. You can't be vocal about this. You can't, you, you're, and you're a singer. You can't be vocal. Isn't that ironic? You know, think about somebody like Justin Bieber with his, you know, facial paralysis and his wife having like a stroke, stroking out so young, you know, it's like, but they're not allowed to talk about it. That's predatory. So yeah. the hierarchies at the top of all of these different systems, whether it's like entertainment or, you know, politics, like it's all like, top-down predatory grooming pred- I don't know what else to call it yeah like, trauma-based mind control trauma-based, that yes. vaccination is trauma-based it is trauma-based mind control when I yes. was five years old I fought like a wild animal when they took me in to get those boosters. Your instincts were correct yeah and my mom is the one who held me down didn't know and I right. remember that and yeah, so yeah. when you're when your fears are not validated then you, you give up. You're like, Oh, I guess that's just normal. And they give you the shot and then they give you a lollipop. There you see, you're all better. You're fine. 
Yeah. There's it's so acknowledgement of the terror and the horror of just being pinned down by three grown adults and being injected, force injected against my will. Well, right? absolutely. And we're drawing attention to practices in Canada. It's it's truly disturbing with our medically assisted and dying. You can, uh, you know, you can, you can easily die here in Canada. You can, you can, uh, youth, you can euthanize your child up to a year after, no questions asked. Uh, they're calling them mature minors now. So after traumatizing our children for years with the COVID lockdowns, we had one of the worst in the world. Now they're making it easy without your parents' consent for a young uh, person. Uh, underage to go uh, euthanize themselves and the doctor if they're um, you know a lot of them have just zero ethics they'll just go ahead and do it and they've been indoctrinated to do so like it's disturbing the level of trauma we're subjected to I think everyone has to recognize we've been traumatized collectively we're not in a concentration camp per, per se but the same sort of techniques have been used on a large scale through media, government, uh, you know, medical systems, et cetera, to do the same, achieve the same result. So we're all suffering from trauma-based, um, and that's why, you know, trauma-based emotional conditions, that's why we can't trust each other. That's why people are so fearful. Their, you know, relationships are breaking work. They're turning against each other. And the answer is always getting rooted again in love. And, you know, God connecting to God, because he is that that the fear is from these dark forces. And when we can get rid of the fear, we can get love or God. And even if you don't believe in God, get back into love. You can see the path and the light, can't you? And you can get out of this mess. I concur. Yes. The source, meditation, pray, guidance from your ancestors, guidance from your guardian angels. However, it, you know, seeking guidance from your higher self, however, that makes sense to you. I mean, I, I see that as God praying. Yes, to God. me too. Me too. And, but yeah, I, I don't uh, negate if you're an atheist or to, whatever it is, everyone Listen, and be a I good person atheist, is the now most important, you know, an atheist come up to me at the conference and said, I don't know what you just did with your voice and singing. She was oh. like, but I, I believe. She was like, I feel something wow. in my body while oh, you were singing. Those that might be a segue because can we listen to your beautiful voice? And listen, I got chills when you talk about you don't know what you're doing. I think the world needs you to educate other artists and wake them up. It's I mean, a thought, but you're up for it. I see it in you. Totally. Like when I when we were at the conference, one of my comments that I made before I sang this song was that don't be afraid to let your light of truth shine in the world yes and i heard rfk say junior say in a segment that he had done that you know you're up for it we were made for this moment we were born for it it's not a mistake or a coincidence or an accident that i had that injury that i've been in situation that this this is all by design so i'm here for it i'm ready for it i'm I, I welcome it. I'm not afraid. I'm just not afraid. And Me that too. is the biggest lesson I took <laughs> from my vaccine experience, my growth, wow. my spiritual growth, my growth and, and yes. life through that injury of having to really connect to source and connect to my inner guidance to heal that I had oh. been, I outsourced that not, yes. not by choice, but by through those trauma uh, indoctrinating experience of trauma-based mind control through childhood, I had to reconnect and find that internal strength and conviction and, and, and trust that it's a, a, 
abundant earth and world yes. and that you know, I'm part of it and I'm meant to be here. I mean, oh. I, I was able to just um, like new skin, just like shed all these old paradigms and, and step oh. into a new, a new being. It's so beautifully said. And I feel the same, even though these last few years, there's been pain and I've lost people I love and, you know, people, uh, friendships that they, they, they don't want to interact with me anymore, but the, the good I've been able to do in the world, I know I was placed here for this time. The number of people who hug me and thank me on a daily, I never had this before. The number, you know, the number, I feel such purpose and meaning and doesn't matter what is taken away. I will never stop until we change the world into Amen. the we want never, never, ever. <laughs> and I gets better and better. And the, my spiritual journey and my connection to God richer and deeper and my moments of pure joy and gratitude for being alive, they grow daily. So we're here together. It's awesome. So, Hey, well, let's, uh, let's hear this beautiful song. I heard it in Knoxville. I want to tell the audience and it was so moving. So I'm so happy to share it. And thank okay. you. Thank you, Tish, again for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. It's great to get to know you. We'll keep it. We'll talk more, I'm sure. This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little
Oh my goodness, Lisa, that was beautiful. And my sound system, my my Wimpy, it just doesn't do justice. But oh my, that's so moving. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to have you today. And please, uh, let's keep in touch. And um, all all the best over the next period of time. Your beautiful voice, I know it, will be out there in the world. And uh, and thank you so much. Thanks again for having me, Tish. All right, you take care. Bye now. Thank you. Bye.